Let's begin with a question. What are you? Well, a goofball, some of you maybe, possibly. Your mom, we got some moms here, dads. What is Sunday? Father's Day. Amen. We got some women here, we got some men, we got some young people, we got some not-so-young people. Do we have any priest here this evening? Your hand, hopefully, will be different when we're finished in just a moment. We're going to talk this evening about a a belief. In our series, we're talking about Beliefs Matter, the priesthood of the believer. And we're going to talk about it this week, and we're going to talk about it next week. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to use a lot of different scriptures, but 1 Peter 2 is going to be our main point this evening. How many of you have ever heard about the the priesthood of the believer, that doctrine or that belief? Well, it's a very important one. Honestly, the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about it. But what it does say and what it means is extremely important. So let's begin with this. First of all, what is a priest? When you think about a priest, you think about, Jamie, we've got a picture of a Catholic priest probably, don't you? Is that what you would think about a lot of times? I think it would be Episcopals call their their ministers priest, and a lot of the Orthodox churches call their minister a priest too. We understand that. Uh, in the Old Testament, you hear the word priest a lot, don't you? And you hear you hear that uh, in the New Testament often too. In Exodus chapter twenty eight, verse one, Exodus twenty eight one, it says, "Call for your brother Aaron and his sons, Nadab, Abihu." Eleazar and Ithamar. But why didn't he just have Frank, Joe, and Bill? Wouldn't that have been a lot easier? Okay, roll that. Set them apart for the, from the rest of the people of Israel so they may minister to me and be my what? And be my priest. So the priest in the Old Testament was someone that was set apart. Well, it was different from the rest of the, the, uh, the Jewish people. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely, that, that is correct. Let me give you, Webster's Dictionary gives a really good definition, uh, not a full one, but a good definition of a priest. A priest is one with authority to perform sacred rites of religion, especially acting as a mediator between God and man. Let me read that again. A, a priest is one... Who, who has the authority to perform sacred rites of religion, and especially they act as a mediator between God and man. How many of you would agree that even by Webster's definition, but if you just look at the Old Testament, the priests were set apart, that the priest is an important thing. It's an important thing. So here's the second thing this evening. And listen, I hope this excites you tonight. I'm fired up about it. I've been looking at it all day. I'm fired up about it. All Christians are priests. Did you know that? When I, when I ask you to raise your hand if you were a priest, we got one, Brother Moses up here in the front, but nobody else. I'm going to ask you again. All right, wait till the end of the sermon. We'll see if you listen. Look in verse 5. In verse 5 of chapter 2, it says, And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Look in verse 9. But you are not like that. You are a chosen people, chosen 
doesn't mean anything weird predestined there. It just means, listen, God's people are his chosen people. You can be one of those tonight. You are a what? A royal priest. A holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into the wonderful light. Listen, in the Old Testament, the priests were a select group of people that came from the bloodline of Aaron, right? Listen, this is neat. You, as a Christian, are a priest because you come through the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? You go, well, you have to have the right bloodline to be a priest. Absolutely. Jewish Old Testament priest through Aaron. But in the New Testament, we are priests of Jesus Christ through the bloodline of Jesus Christ. You're a priest. Now, let's look at this. I I think the next two points this evening are the crucial ones. What are the ramifications of this? What does this mean? What does it mean that you are a priest? Do you need to start dressing different, wearing a collar? Well, you can if you want to. That's cool with me. I'm for it. You may need to start acting different when you understand this. The ramifications are tremendous and they're wonderful. Folks, truth always has consequences, doesn't it? And the truth of being a priest, in my opinion, are absolutely Absolutely beautiful. Here's the first one, and and really they all flow from this. You have direct access to God. Now look at me just for a second. Do you realize how significant that is? You know, there's times when I wish you had to go through me to hear from God because I'd straighten some of you out. And you need to listen to whoever your pastor or preachers are. But you, as a priest, have direct access to God. Go up, go out, tonight may not be a good night, but the next night there is a clear sky. And you, just with your eye, the thousands of stars you can see, remember that God Almighty created all of that, and you have direct access to God Almighty. Is that not wonderful? In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 22, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 20, By his death, Jesus opened a new life, giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house... Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him, for our guilty conscience have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. Folks, listen. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, it's kind of confusing at times. People had access to God, but primarily the priest had access to God. The tabernacle, which is the portable temple, and the temple, there was a certain area in that that no one could go past unless you were a priest. And then there was the, the holy of holy place, and the only person that could go in that was a the high priest once a year into the presence of God where the Ark of Covenant is. Here's what this tells us tonight. That you and I can walk into the Holy of Holies 24-7 because of our relationship with Jesus. Is that not wonderful? Man, that is absolutely, absolutely incredible. You have direct access to God. Now, folks, don't fool yourself. 
How many of you would love to have direct access to Bill Gates or Donald Trump? Come on. If I had access to Gates, that building would be paid off soon. I'd bug him. I, I'm a, I don't have a, If you're mad at Donald Trump, I'll pray for him, but I can't. I'll call him tonight. Yeah, whatever. I don't have access to Bill Gates or Donald Trump. I got access to God. Wow. Are you with me? I'd like to have access to them. But I'm far more impressed that I have access to God Almighty. Folks, a lot of people, and I'm not criticizing this because sometimes people don't have any choice. Sometimes people get to a certain level, they don't even read their own email. I have pastor friends who pastor pretty big churches, and they'll have an email address on their website, and you can email that, and their secretary will decide if you get that or not. And, and you, you email the governor because you're mad about something? That's fine. That's your right as a citizen of Louisiana. There may not be any time he sees that ugly email from you. Are you following me? Because it's being filtered. But you know what? You got access to God. Nobody's filtering that. Nobody's sifting through that. You and I, because we are priests of Jesus Christ, we have direct access to God. Is that not wonderful? Let me tell you some things that flow from that. Here's the second thing. We can pray directly to God. We can go directly to God when we pray. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 12, it says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now, read that aloud with me, come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Hebrews 10, 19 again. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, we can what? Boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Man, folks, people want to talk to God. You you may not want to now, but you're in the ICU tomorrow. You're going to want to talk to God, aren't you? (laughs) I guarantee you, you are. How many of you saw a movie? It's probably 10 or 12 years ago, Bruce Almighty. It starred Jim Carrey. Didn't you see that movie? It, it, it's obviously very fictitious. He gets to interact with God, and he gets to play the role of God for a while. And there's a, a billboard with a number, 555-something, and it had the numbers, God's phone number. Well, listen, this is very interesting. After the movie, people begin to call that number in their area code. Some, as a joke, some really, some really thought it was God's phone number. And people would leave, they'd get voicemails or, or back then messages on their, their answering machine. Hey, I saw this number and it said God's number and I need some help. One lady who's in her area code, her, that was her number, she finally decided to play along with it. She answered her phone and said, this is God, may I help you? And on the other end, I promise you, here's what they said. I got you and you're a woman. <laughs> Folks, you got God's got, phone number. You got his phone number. You got direct access to God. How many of you saw the movie The Apostle with Robert Duvall? Any of y'all see that movie? 
I don't watch many movies. Your guys watch less than I do. But Robert Duvall is a Pentecostal preacher in this movie. And at one point, he's walking around the room and he's talking to God. He's going back and forth. You remember this part, Cindy? And, and his name was Sonny in the movie. And he said, Jesus, I call you Jesus. This is Sonny and you call me Sonny. You know what's cool about that? You can talk to him tonight and you can call him Jesus and he knows who's calling him. You have direct access in prayer to God. Isn't that wonderful? See, maybe you're not liking this because you're not doing it very much. Maybe that's the conviction. It ought to motivate us, shouldn't it? Here's the third thing. You can go to God directly for forgiveness. Oh, how I wish some of you had to come to me for confession. I'd pull that curtain back and go, Carrie Ossip again? <laughs> I'd get a lot of free lunches, wouldn't I? Now, folks, I want to tell you, my, my job in, in my belief is I'm never, ever going to try to uh, belittle or put down or, or because we disagree with different religious beliefs. Some say you have to go through a priest to, to, to get forgiveness. I have seen evangelical churches have a, a confessional service. Have any of you ever seen or heard of that where... Uh, this is, you guys are not real well cultured, are you? You don't see many movies and you don't know much about religion. But where people get up, this would be interesting too. And, and it needs to be a movement of God, obviously. But begin, they get up and confess their sins to the church. Now, I think that's maybe a little bit misinterpretation of James chapter 5 where it talks about confess your sins one to another. But here's the great news. You don't have to come to me to be forgiven by God. You don't have to get up in front of the church. Now, you, you've done something public. You may need to get up and receive forgiveness. But Hebrews 4.16, listen to what it says. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Therefore, we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. 1 John 1, nine is a verse you need to memorize. But if we confess our sins to who? To him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Folks, isn't this beautiful? You sin every day as your pastor. I know it's true. Right? I sin like once a month. Right, sister? But you know what? If, if I hurt you, I need to get it right with you. I need to confess it to you. I absolutely need to. But a lot of things I'm doing that are wrong are right in here and in here. Right? And, and even, even if I do something and I'm not nice to my wife as I need to be, I need to get it right with her. But ultimately, i got to get it right with God because all sin is ultimately against God. And folks, if I need forgiveness from God, you know what I do? I go directly to God and confess my sin. Isn't that beautiful? I wish I could tell you you had to do that plus tithe an extra 5%, but I'd be lying to you. You can go directly to God to receive forgiveness. What a beautiful and wonderful thing that is. Here's a fourth thing, and man, this is great. You can hear directly from God. You can hear God directly because you have access to God. You know, again, in the Old Testament, it, 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 you see at times people certainly inquiring and hearing from God. But the fundamental way, let's say, Ronnie, you needed help with making a big decision, or especially if it was a corporate decision, you would come to me. 
your priest. And I would put on what's called the ephod. How many of you, if you know what the ephod is? It was the vest the priest would put on. And I would, I would have two stones. This sounds strange, the Urim and the Thummim. And I would put them next to my heart. And we would pray. And I believe that was a precursor to the Holy Spirit in your heart leading you. And that God would show me that you needed to buy the pastor a brand new Mercedes 2017. Whatever it is. But you, God would show me and I would convey that to you. Now, that'd be a neat thing, wouldn't it? For me, it would be neat. True story. A friend of mine who's from another country... Came to America, he became a Christian, started going to an evangelical church and began to read his Bible. And he went back home and he met with his minister back home and he said, I've been reading my Bible and some of the things that you, this was kind of dumb probably for him to say, (laughs) some of the things you've been teaching me don't match up with the Bible. You know what the guy, the minister told him? Stop reading your Bible. Here's what I want to tell you, get your nose in the Bible. Pray and listen to the Holy Spirit. Now, folks, that doesn't negate that the fact that people can teach you and instruct you. That's very biblical. We're going to talk next week about some real practical meanings of priests to the believer because this gets abused a lot of times. You should listen to other people. You should listen to Bible teachers. You should read. You should study. You should talk to friends and use wisdom. But, folks, what I want to tell you is that ultimately, especially as you continue to grow and mature, you can hear directly from God. You can read your Bible and study your Bible and God can speak to you. You can pray and listen and God will speak to you. How many of you want God to speak to you? You do. And God can and will speak to you if you will inquire of him. You know, the the sad thing is, growing up as a Baptist, what I think a a, a lot of people I saw, priest to the believer meant this. I can vote in a business meeting and you can't tell me what to do. That is such a shallow understanding. Priest to the believer, here's what it means. It means that you have access, direct access to God. E.Y. Mullins was a great Christian leader years ago, and he he had four spiritual axioms. I don't remember them all, but one of them was that that the soul is free. We are free to respond or not to respond to God. Here's the second. These go, go together. The soul is competent. I can respond to God, therefore I can have a relationship with God. I have access to God. Folks, the ultimate thing, the ramification about the priest to the believer is that you, no matter who you are, when you gave your life to Christ, you have direct access to God. Now, there's also some some tasks involved with it. So let me give you this. As a priest, we have some specific tasks. We, we not only have this access, but we have things that we do as a priest. A priest, biblically, was always a worker. The, the Old Testament priests were workers. The New Testament and the, the priests were workers. In 2 Corinthians 6.1, it, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. Look, it's, it's easy to miss this. As God's what? Partners. Some translations say God's co-laborers. We beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and, and ignore his mercy and his grace. Do you consider yourself a partner with God? A co-laborer with God? As a priest, you are. Let me give you three tasks of a priest. Number one, we intercede for other people. 
What does intercede? Technically, intercession is praying for other people. Petition is praying for ourselves. Now, if you get those two mixed up, God's not going to kick you out of heaven. But to intercede is to pray for other people. Folks, one of the big tasks of the priest was to pray for other people. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, it says, I urge you, first of all, to what? To pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. Give thanks for them. Folks, the, the word priest comes from the Latin pontifex. And, and in the word pontifex, it means a bridge builder. As a priest, one of our tasks is to pray for other people, is to bridge the gap between them and God. You've heard me say this before. Intercession When I pray for you, I put one hand in God's hand and one hand on your shoulder, and I'm connecting you and God. Isn't that wonderful? Have any of you ever had someone say, don't pray for me? Have you had that? I've had that. You know what I do when you tell me that? I'm going to smile, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to pray so hard for you. Because you can stop me from doing a million things. You can never stop me from praying for you. Isn't that true? And, And when I intercede for my family, I'm putting my hand in God's and my hand on them. Intercession literally means to go before royalty on behalf of someone else. When you intercede for someone, you are not going before the governor or the president. You are going before God Almighty, who, by the way, you have direct access to him. You're going before God Almighty on their behalf. Isn't that wonderful? Not really? Absolutely. One of your jobs is to intercede and to pray for other people. Here's the second thing. We are to be servant workers for God. A priest is not a critic, primarily. A, a priest, in verse 5, it says, you are living stones that God is building into a spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Folks, in the Old Testament, the priests were in charge of the tabernacle or the temple. They did the work around there. They did the sacrifices. They were to maintain it and keep it up. They were to protect it. What does it mean to be a priest today? It it means that you are to be a worker. Listen, a lot of Christians need to get more calluses on, and this is figuratively, on their hands. You can get busy. A priest didn't just sit around and go, I'm a priest, I'm a priest. A priest is to be a worker, to serve the kingdom of God, to serve in your church, to plug in and help. Oh, I don't know where to serve. Find some place. You serve enough places, you'll find where you fit in and you don't fit in, where where God's gifted you. But but a priest is a servant worker. Here's the third thing. A, A priest is one who gives a verbal witness for Christ. We are to be verbal witnesses for Christ. Verse 9, but you are not like that. You are a chosen people, a royal priest, a holy nation, God's own possession. As a result of this, you show others the goodness of God, for he has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, we are Christ's ambassadors, God's representatives. We are his priests. God is making his appeal through what? Through us. We speak for Christ when we plead for you. Come back to God. Come to God. Be reconciled to God. Not everybody's a preacher or a teacher, but every priest is to be someone who is sharing 
Jesus Christ with other people. Author John Rimple said this, he said, Priests, we are priests for each other, for other people. I think that's part of the definition. I mean, a priest has a, a much broader definition, but he, I think he was on to something. You're not a priest for your own, your own ego, your own pride, or for your own good. You're a priest to access God and to benefit other people, to serve the kingdom, to be a witness, to pray. Priests are workers. You know, as I thought about this this afternoon, I, I thought, you know, there's so many, there's so many good titles that, that we can wear, and many of you wear, college graduate, doctor, officer, business owner, mom, dad. But what a, what a cool thing to think every person in here who's a believer wears the title of priest. How many of you are priests? Christian, let me challenge you first of all. Are you living this out? I think one of the biggest regrets on our judgment day is we're going to stand before God and he's going to say, you had all this available to you and you didn't do much with it. I hope if you leave with nothing else is that you got access to God. Are you using it? Christian, let it sink from your head to your heart what you are. Maybe where you're standing, maybe praying with a minister at the altar. Tonight is the night to say, God, use me. Let me be the priest that brings glory to you and helps change this world. God, let me be this person. Maybe you'd like to join the church tonight. We would love for you to. We want you to come and join. We want to serve you and love you. And we want you to serve and love the kingdom of God here in our church. Come and join us. You can do that after church or you can come tonight when we stand. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never given your life to Christ. You know, here is an unbelievable, too good to be true thing. You came in here lost. You're watching you're not a Christian. You can leave the night on your way to heaven. You can leave tonight a priest of Jesus Christ. You come when we stand or you catch me after church, but you give your life to Christ if you need.